welcome to The Divorce Social with me, Samantha Baines, changing the conversation around divorce. This show is sponsored by Penguin in the Room. Penguin in the Room is an award-winning arts, marketing and social media management company. If you want to jazz up your socials and have someone Instagram and tweet for you, then here's your answer. Go to www.penguinintheroom.com. As always, hit subscribe to make sure you're updated about new episodes. And we love to hear from you on social media at DivorcePod and at Samantha Baines. You can also email us all the infos on our website, thedivorcesocial.com. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I am joined by impressionist singer and comedian Jess Robinson. Hi. Hello. Welcome to the Divorce Club. Thank you. I'm very pleased to be in it, really. Life's much better now. Is it? Oh, good. Because I was going to say, how does that feel when I say to you, you're divorced? Lovely. It feels triumphant and full of justice and freedom and um, skipping into the sunset. That's such a nice way to look at it. I love it. Justice. What does that mean? Um, justice means ha. I'm glad I went ha. Great. So, how long have you been divorced? So, I'm I'm really mature about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, now then, 2015. 2015, I think happened. Five years. 2015. When you got the divorce certificate or when you separated? Oh, now. When did I get, I got the divorce certificate. No, right. Mm. Ah, I don't know about dates. This is terrible. It was my second Edinburgh show. No, my third Edinburgh. It was my third Edinburgh. When did I do my third Edinburgh? Because that's when I made a show about it and was very pleased with myself. But <laughs> it's also in denial. Okay, so 2015, I left him. 2016, I got the divorce through. So you're the one who left. Yeah, but uh, I left 
but I was I jumped before I was pushed I think so what was the process like for you of that divorce so it only took a year for you to get divorced which is quite quick yeah I think actually in the end it was six months door to door that's very Uh, quick door to door so I came home one day and he said I don't think I love you anymore and I was like what where has this come from and then I asked him whether there was anyone else and he said no I've since found out that there probably was maybe quite a few actually through the relationship um I thought maybe he was having a a nervous breakdown we'd only been married 18 months but we've been together for about eight years um and he was quite an anxious person so that was maybe in April then I went off in June and did Glastonbury and I went and did an Edinburgh show and then after Edinburgh in the September of 2015 we went on a holiday it was like a sort of a make or break holiday and I had sort of just been pushing all of this worry to the back and things were sort of normal but he was very quiet wasn't really speaking to me very much and I remember his brother and sister-in-law were with us on the holiday and they said it's like he's punishing you he's not speaking to you why is he acting so strangely and blah blah blah. and then they went and we were sort of left and it was so awkward we went out for dinner in um Menorca and um he was being so strange and and I said oh look what what would happen if if we split up I just said it and as soon as I said it it was like a tiny little ray of sunshine poked into my heart and I was like my god yes this is what I've always wanted I mean where did that come from I thought I was just happily married to my best mate and then Later on that evening, he said, oh, don't say that, don't say that. And then later on that evening, he said, we were having a very honest conversation. We were just driving back to the villa where we were staying. And he said, I don't find you sexually attractive and I never have. Oh, what? That is cruel. Yeah, it was cruel, wasn't it? At which point... We got back to the villa. I sat in an empty bath and called my mum from the bathroom. I'd locked myself in and said, Mummy, please, can I come home now? Because she knew there were problems, but she was trying to, you know, everyone was going, oh, it's fine. He's probably just having, you know, everybody gets stressed sometimes. Anyway, mum said, yes, come home immediately. So packed my bags. I got the next flight home. Mum and dad picked me up from the airport on the Sunday night. On Monday, I called my therapist um, and said, I don't know what to do. And I think he said, I think you do know what you want. So on Tuesday, I went to my solicitor and filed for a divorce. And that night, when I was writing all my reasons for unreasonable behaviour, I hacked into his email accounts and found lots of quite dark stuff that had been going on behind my back that I didn't know about. And About five minutes into that, my sister turned up on the doorstep, all teary-eyed, because she just left her husband as well. Just complete coincidence. My mum was sitting in the kitchen with a bottle of brandy, which was getting lower and lower and lower and lower and lower. And um, by the, probably by the Friday, the divorce papers were filed and that was it. Gone. Done. Goodbye. That's so quick. Yeah. Wow. I didn't, there was a big part of me, I realised, that had been ignoring wrong things for a long time. 
and trying to compromise about things and thinking, well, no relationship's perfect. But there was a lot of stuff that I hadn't been telling my mum about um, and hadn't been telling my friends about or confiding in anyone about, which was now, when I say it out loud, so wrong and so unhealthy. Um, And I think, you know, I often thought privately to myself, I don't know if I'll be able to do this forever. And so when that tiny little spark, that chink of light appeared, I was like, this is, I'm out of here. If you're not going to love, if you're not going to love me like I deserve, I'm out of here. (laughs) That's so interesting because so many of those things that you've just said, I'm like, oh my God, I 100% relate. Like, yeah, like for a long time, I think, I think both of us really were kind of, um, thinking privately to ourselves this isn't right and like Mm. you know I don't feel happy but then on the outside you're like everything's fine and everyone's like oh you're such a great couple and you're like yeah yes you're meant to be together you're like two peas in a pod yeah I remember my friend said like you're such a perfect couple you're like yeah you're what I strive to be and that stayed with me so long so I was like right well if my friend thinks that then that must be true yeah so I need to believe that even though I didn't absolutely I'm worried about it um and I think yeah when me and my ex started communicating for the first time because our counselors made our individual counselors talk to each other um it was it was the kind of ray of sunshine of like I don't want to do this and we both had that feeling wow Um, which is, but I love a, I love a make or break holiday. We had one in Italy. <laughs> did you? Yeah. We didn't call it that at the time. But looking back, it was like, do we still even like each other? Let's go right. away for two weeks and find out. Right. Um, yeah. Just like, and we had a lovely time as well, but there were definitely awkward moments because mm. I think when you're on holiday, you're just, it's just you and them. Yeah. And like, you don't watch TV in the evenings or whatever. You go out to dinner. So you have to talk. You have to. Oh, God. So your divorce process is much quicker than mine, six months. Yeah. And so you filed for divorce. And yeah. then how quickly, because it was unreasonable behavior. Yeah. So how many forms do you have to fill in for that? How quickly does it happen? Um, Did you have a house together or anything? Yes, we had a house. I was really, is bombastic the right <laughs> word? Probably not. I don't know. I was. It's a great word. I know. I just felt like saying it. It's probably the first time in 2020 I've ever used that word. Um, I moved him out before he'd even come back from the holiday out of the house. Then I said, you've got a day to come and get your stuff when I'm not going to be here. I love how organized you are in turmoil. I was just on the floor crying. I did that later and I did some off the rails things, man. But in that first bit, once I'm quite impulsive and once I've made a decision, I'm impatient and I'm just like, I've got to get this done. So yeah, we moved him out, moved him out the house, bagged up all his stuff, put it in sacks. He could just come and take it or whatever. Um, and I put the house on the market. He didn't have a clue about mortgages or, uh, you know, he didn't deal with any of that stuff. <laughs> this sums him up, really. We, I said, um, oh, should we go in your car or mine? And he said, uh, let's go in yours. And I said, okay, I just need to get my makeup case from your car. I said, practice husband, it's not there. 
And then he finally admitted to me that four weeks previously, I don't know what I've been doing with my makeup for all that time, four weeks previously, it had been towed away and it was in the pound, the car pound or whatever. And he just hadn't told me. And there was a big debt. And he'd just not told me, not told just madness. So he was just pretending that his car was... He just never said anything. It was a huge, oh dear, what did I do? So yeah, so I put the um, house on the market and blah, blah, blah. And this is how naive he was. We had a a trust deed, um, which is where um, I put more money into the house. So that means I get more out than he does when it's sold, that sort of thing. And he was so naive. He said, "Um, well, I've just been on the phone to the estate agent and they said we should split it two ways. I was like, what's it got to do with the estate agent? That's how silly he was. Wow. Not even a solicitor, the estate agent. the estate agent. (laughs) Maybe they're great for advice. We don't know. That sounds so bitter, don't I? I still got anger there. Yeah, well, it's understandable. I feel (laughs) I've only... Because I have a similar time frame to you, I guess, in that we were together overall for eight years, but we were only married for like a year and a half. Right. And um, and we've been split up for nearly two years now. But right. my um, I keep getting posts with his name on. It makes me so angry. Oh, that was the worst thing, actually, I found. I changed my name. And, and so when I left him, I was still getting posts for Mrs practice husband and I did not want to be Mrs practice husband anymore thank you so much change my own name back to my name by deed poll just so I could be Jess Robinson again that's the worst thing about it well name changing not to be me it was so hot I mean I didn't realize how important my surname was to me until I was married and then he wanted me to change my name to his. And then all of a sudden, I'd always thought I'd just do it. And then all of a sudden I was like, I don't want to do it. I mm. really like Baines. I want to mm. keep it. So mm. I changed my Tesco club card <laughs> to kind of placate right. him. Yeah. Um, and then we had a joint <laughs> account. And on the joint account, I was his surname. And then I had another account with that same bank. But what I found incredible is that I didn't, obviously you get married and that's a legal document, but I didn't, mm. I just filled, to, to set up this bank account in my married name, I just filled out a form and said that that was my name. Mm. And they, no one like checked, they just set up the account. But then to change it back to your maiden name, which yeah. I still have, like my passport's still in my maiden name and all that important stuff, I never officially changed my name. Yeah. It's so complicated. Oh, and it just seems like a weird, like, it's how is like it so your, easy to set that up? your greatest punishment, isn't it? It's the yeah. most, I mean, the admin involved in that is worse than the, the divorce forms. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it's you have... so annoying. Um, did you have any moments like mine with the name changing that made me so angry? Like after, like the admin of it after the divorce? Yes, the admin of changing my name back was really angry making, also, he dared to say, who's going to have the sofa? Wow. <gasps> wow. I sat in the car and I screamed at him that I'd married a monster when he asked that. <laughs> what level of sofa? I a monster. It was just a sofa. <laughs> 
Was it was it velvet? Like what pattern no, are we talking? It was no. beige. It was beige. It wasn't even exciting. I'm so. It was. I, it went to the tip after that. I was going to say, do you still have the sofa? No. Absolutely not. That was that was a very cleansing thing. Actually, I moved when I I managed to move into a new flat. It was very cleansing to throw away nearly every single thing of his or that we had shared together or that had any memory at all yeah it's such but, yeah. a I've slowly been replacing things and I put um a couple of gifts that we got for our wedding on eBay and it felt really fun I was like I'm making money <laughs> it was like seven pounds but still I was like wrapping it up to post like ha 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 <laughs> there are funny moments like that so how did how did the the aftermath of the divorce work for you? And you said you did a show about it. Yeah. Most people were saying, Jess, I think this is next year's show. And I was like, no, I'm doing it now. I'm telling my story. And I did I did it in the five stages of grief. And the finale of the show was acceptance, although I hadn't accepted it yet. I was I spent that Edinburgh in a haze of self-righteousness anger sadness and tequila um but I got five stars all worth it <laughs> amazing that's the marker get reviewed get on your reviewed grief. on your grief um it was it I I spent maybe about an uh six months st- uh, living with mum and dad once we'd sold the flat sold it very fast by the spring I bought a little flat and moved in above a charity shop. Again, quite an impulsive move because um, you had to walk down an alley, a service alley, to get up to the flat, and there were rats and drug dealers. But I was cool. I was fine. But you had your own place. (laughs) It was my own place, my little nest. And um, that was very good, actually, when I was doing the cleansing of um, getting rid of all the stuff. Living above a charity shop, brilliant. Just chuck it down the stairs. It's there. For them, British Heart Foundation. I really know with my broken heart, I supported many other broken hearts. (laughs) Lovely. Full circle. (laughs) Yeah. But how was it moving in with your parents after? Because how old were you? I was 30 and I regressed to being a teenager. There was one day when, I mean, I went so stupidly off the rails some days. I went to meet some friends in Victoria and we were in Weatherspoons and I just I said I've got to go I've got to make it back for the last train because my mum and dad live in the sticks <laughs> and so I made it back for the last train but obviously was so drunk I fell asleep and ended up in Northampton at the end of the line my wow. phone had run out of charge mum and dad were really worried because they had been waiting at the station for me to come in at midnight mum thought I was dead on the track somewhere they went home they got a call then from <laughs> I got woken up by the conductor on the train in Northampton. All right, love, you all right? And I went, oh, where am I? And he said, you're in Northampton. And I said, oh, what time does the next train go? And he said, no, it's the end of the line. You know, there aren't any more trains going. And I went, oh, no, I just got divorced. <laughs> That's what my, I just got divorced. Perfect so- <laughs> moment to share the divorce story. <laughs> he put me in a taxi. I had to pay 80 quid to get back to my mum and dad's and mum 
really shouted at me the next morning said I I don't I don't want you to be volatile like your father my dad had a drinking problem when they first met me he's fine now um and at 8 a.m that morning apparently there was a phone call from the train conductor just to see if I was all right Really good, huh? Really nice. Thanks, train conductor. Thanks, train conductor from Northampton. So do you think, because I think I went off the rails a bit as well. Yeah. Well, I don't like to call it off the rails. I like to call it my excited to be free stage where I just had a lovely time and lots of lovely sexual experiences also. I doubled my numbers. (laughs) (laughs) Because I remember when I got married, it was a thing where you you were like, how many people have you slept with? Because that's only the amount of people you're going to slept with for the rest of your life because you're getting married now. Yeah. And then you get divorced and you're like, oh, no way. Hang on a minute. Yeah. So how was um how was that process? Because obviously when someone tells you that they don't love you anymore, mm. which is, you know, and which happened to me as well, mm. even though I was sort of saying the same thing back, it's it still kind of shakes you and affects your well, affected my self-confidence. Mm. And I think part of my new foray into freedom and having a nice time was kind of getting back to me and feeling sexy again and feeling empowered yeah I didn't realize how did you find that I process I um I didn't realize how long I had not felt like a woman for I didn't feel loved I didn't feel sensual we hardly ever had sex towards the end and if we did he didn't want to look at me like why wouldn't you want to look at me? Silly Willie. Um, <laughs> it, it was amazing to feel desired again and um, to be sexually awakened, I guess. Um, I discovered lots of other things about myself that that uh, I hadn't ever really known that side of myself. It was a very exciting time to go no this is me now and I'm turning over a new leaf and how exciting and brilliant fantastic to get a second chance is there anything that you think that you really learn through that divorce that you'll like always take with you into future obviously you're happily married now I am I learned not to ignore things and not to betray myself like that ever again not to willfully ignore wrong things and to and to try and just go along with things to make somebody else happy. I also learned how resilient I am, and I'm still really pleased with myself for going right. No, thank you. That's that's it. House on the market. Get divorced. Goodbye. You're gone. I've been thinking recently. So towards the end of the relationship, I I never wanted kids particularly and um and I remember saying to him you know well never say never and he said no I'm saying never and I remember the lovely feeling when I left him as well of going oh I've got the option Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And I still don't know if I do want children. I don't think I do. But I don't like not having the option. I don't want someone to say, no, I say never to me. So it is just like, it just, I'm still, I'm pleased with my strength and my grit and being able to reinvent myself and make light of the the really terribly dark, shitty times I was in. Um, I think I learned strength from it or learned my own strength. Yeah. And do you remember one of those particularly dark times was there a moment like for me it was crying on my mum's kitchen floor and just oh, yes. and then just staring like and my mum was like oh my god she's like a zombie uh I did crying on the in front of the Arga oh like, lovely uh, give warm give me an insight um I also remember crying when my mum and sister had left me for the night in my new flat in the cold light of day and it was all rainy and it was just an empty flat and I sit in the middle of the floor and I, I cried and and said look what you've made me become or something look where I am and and it, it felt really desolate and and grey and sad and empty and I actually had some very happy times in that flat, but I couldn't believe what had happened when I finally was sitting in this new place, this new alien place, all empty and dusty. And then in contrast to that, do you remember a moment where you thought, oh, everything's going to be okay. I'm glad that I've got divorced. Yeah, there were lots of those. I'll tell you when, actually, one of the best, best, best times of my life um, was doing, uh, so I think I managed to, I moved them out, the house was sold, everything done, and then I did Panto in November. So September, I came home from the holiday, November, um, the flat was sold, and that's so funny. We broke up in September and then in October I started on Magic There Mind. you go. It's it's there you go. Do a play. That's our advice. Do a play. I did a <laughs> pantomime. It was so much fun. It was so brilliant. And I've made some friends for life from that panto as well, actually. Um it was doing that. I felt open and free and liberated, and I was doing a lot of Tinder dates. God. I mean, men are very stupid, some, aren't they? <laughs> some women are quite stupid as well. Yeah, that's very true. But some men on <laughs> Tinder are horrific. Oh, I went on some terrible dates with completely... One man looked like an egg. There was another man that... <laughs> Just his head or his whole body looked like his an egg? His whole body was a bit like an egg, really. I um, went for some completely inappropriate types or just I was just trying to find people that were opposite to practice husband see what that was like yeah and then at the point that I went no this is it I don't I'm not dating anymore I've had enough that's when I met 
true husband. I love that you call them practice husband and true husband. Where has that come from? Or is it just something that naturally evolved? I don't I just started calling him practice husband immediately after I left him. I was just that was it. He was practice husband. He didn't have I didn't even use his actual name for about four years. He was just called practice husband. And mum refers to it as my practice marriage. Well, remember at your practice marriage, you did this. So probably for your new wedding, you don't want to do that. <laughs> I love it. I might call mine practice husband. Is that okay? You can have it. Yeah, of course. I'll be like, because I, I got tell this you from what, Jess. Yeah. I tell you what, though, by saying practice husband, immediately, I didn't realise until now, but I guess I was going, well, that, that wasn't it. That wasn't my chance. That means I'm going to have a proper one. I knew that something else happy would happen and he was just practice. Yeah, that it, that's such a nice way of like preparing yourself for the future and future love. Yeah. Of being like, well, that was the practice. Now I'm ready yes. for the real thing. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> and how was internet dating? Because obviously I've been internet dating and when I got with my practice husband, love it. <laughs> when I got with my practice husband, um, internet dating wasn't like a thing that were like were like app dating like tinder wasn't invented yet same so i had to rediscover all those things and actually i was like this is kind of amazing because it's like a little black book of people that you haven't slept with yet <laughs> i didn't know there were any left um, <laughs> i remember when i was with practice friends that were doing internet dating and tinder i was so jealous of yeah i remember that I thought, too. oh that looks so fun oh no let me do your profile oh but look you can meet him or him or him and um actually when it came down yeah, to I it i used to go on their accounts yeah and then like swipe yeah. people yeah but in the end it got really tiresome and it's just more bloody admin isn't it yeah and then and then meeting disappointing people who aren't who they say they are. Oh, do you have any particularly memorable dates apart from the egg man? Um oh there was there was one guy who I think did property development. He was so boring. And then he asked me to come back to his flat and I said he, he asked me if I wanted to come and see a flat that he'd been developing and I was like no. No, I don't think so. On the date. On the date. <laughs> really weird. Did you and did you get involved in all these modern things like sexting? Um sexy FaceTime. I did get no, I didn't do that, but I did get somebody who sent me a picture of his dick. Um and then sent it by accident. Oh no, wait. So I no wait. I've had I've had dick pics and I just don't uh, someone someone I remember this. Right. So there's this guy that I was having a flirty sort of texting thing with, um, sort of a friend of a friend, and he sent me a picture of his penis with and he'd written sweet dreams on it. Like on the picture on his penis. On the picture along the shaft he'd written sweet dreams that is <laughs> i mean horrific. also can you imagine him just sitting at home with that photo oh in an editor God. like trying to get it at the right so angle awful i don't want to see that i don't think it's sexy i don't there was this one guy though i remember this uh he sent me a picture of his angry red penis um and and then immediately, two seconds later, he, he wrote and went, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, wrong person. Whoa. <laughs> and 
then sent it again about three minutes later and went, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, wrong person again. I think that's just his way of sending unsolicited dick pics. Oh. They do always look angry though, Very don't they? Very angry, penises? quite threatening. Yeah. I'm always really concerned with the decor in a picture. Mm. Like, because I feel like I have um, a friend and he had broken up with someone at the same time as me. So we were both like internet dating and we both got sent dick pics and he's gay. So his dick pics were like beautifully lit. Like I know it sounds stereotypical, (laughs) but they actually were like beautifully lit. And the, you know, there was like a made.com 300 pound rug in the background. And mine were like one of them. The guy was sitting on a white leather sofa. And so I was judging him already, rightly or wrongly. Of course, of course you were. And then the rug in the background was so disgusting. It looked like it had never been clean. Oh, yeah. And that was all I could focus no. on. Well, because if I had a penis and I was like wanking or taking a picture of my penis in that environment, all I would be able to think about is that I needed to wash the rug or buy a new rug. Oh. Like, I don't know how it... And wipe the sofa. Yeah. I don't know how he managed to get Yuck. it up in that environment and take a photo of it. Oh. So... Yeah, it's quite. There are some quite stressful things about internet dating. Yes, there? very stressful. But now you're very stressful. Now you're happily married. Yes, and you're recently married, which is exciting. So, did do you think going into that new relationship, did you take yeah. lessons from your practice husband, and were you scared to enter into another marriage? Yeah, I was really scared, and I kept my name Robinson. That was one thing I took with me. I'm not changing my name ever again. Although now I'm all happy and it's all lovely. And I kind of think, mm, should I change my name? Should we make it a double barrel? <laughs> Maybe we will. But not on any legal documents. I'll keep him a passport. Um, but uh, I was very scared, very cautious. So was he. He had been through a horrible um, divorce as well. So we both felt like we'd been betrayed and we were both a bit um, fragile. Um, but both really understood each other and how sacred this relationship is and um, had to make it really hard to trust each other and, and feel safe. Yeah. But we do. We're very good at communicating and talking about things. And on paper, I never would have thought, you know, when all the Tinder dates and things like that, I was going for people my sort of age, um, that liked the sort of things that I like and no children, nothing like that. And he's 13 years older than me. And now I've got a, an eight-year-old stepson, which I had never imagined, never thought that would be right for me, but it's lovely. And how have you navigated that? Because obviously, presumably, was the stepson part of the original, his original marriage? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. you've, he's forever, I guess, because I've spoken to parents on the podcast who've been divorced and they always say the thing is they can't escape their ex because they're forever that connected must, to them. So hard. I'm so glad I didn't have children and it is very difficult sometimes for my husband um, to just have, just keep, keep that part of his ex in in his life because he's reminded every time he sees her and it, it's someone that that really betrayed you and did you a terrible wrong and but you've got to be civil and you've got to be nice and you've got to 
get on for the sake of the child and it's it's been really terrible and difficult and he's very graceful what's it like being a stepmom because obviously in movies and stuff it's always the wicked stepmother um <laughs> but obviously you're not very wicked you're lovely no he calls me his cheeky stepmom that's nice um, yeah he's such a sweetie I think the less I really try the more I am just myself and just communicate with him like I would a friend or a, you know because um, I'm quite childish anyway <laughs> um the easier it is and he's he loves playing with me and he wants you know we we have laughs and we're a bit silly together and it's nice it's it's been quite a slowly slowly sort of thing but um I think he I'm his friend and that's great that's good enough for me I think that he thinks of me as a friend what's the relationship like with your husband's ex because I've spoken to a lot of mothers on the podcast (laughs) that find that quite difficult if their ex-husband has a new partner and then Mm. they're looking after their children and it's like another woman looking after their children so how is that from the other side of you being the stepmom? Well I would like to meet up with her and go for a coffee and get to know her but that's not definitely not something that she would like um I've met her twice uh when we were doing a, the dr- sort of drop off handover on Christmas day I got out of the car and it was the first time I'd ever seen her uh, and I put my hand out and shook her hand and said hi I'm Jess uh, it's lovely to meet you Merry Christmas and she sort of shook my hand and, and sort of thrust it back at me <laughs> um and said oh hello hello and that was it really and that's it yeah and do you have any advice for anyone who's in your situation so you know being a a, a new kind a stepmom a new partner to someone who has a child already in their life I think just go gently and be open and don't expect um the child to love you straight away and you're not his mummy you're not a replacement but or they're you know but be a be a friend and be supportive and don't push things just let them come to you I guess and just be open and smiley and warm and friendly and safe a safe person to be around that's good advice I'll remember that if I meet someone with a little and <laughs> so um now you are happily married yeah and sort of have this new life I guess Mm-hmm. How do you view your practice husband? Do you see that as a very, a sort of different you, a different chapter? I hadn't come out of my chrysalis yet. I'm amazed at what I put up with. I was, I went over the top in trying to be loyal and allowing and liberal and, you know, uh, supportive. See, my new, my true husband wouldn't ask things of me because they're, that what happened was so unreasonable he wouldn't ask those things of me so I'm with someone entirely different who respects me and I, uh, I just look look back at myself and think I was just so I was young just stupidly young in my in my mind and now I feel more like a woman but before I was just a girl <laughs> oh, that's nice I like that 
quite Britney Spears. Yes, I'm just a girl. Yeah, (laughs) it's your job, (laughs) isn't it? I won't do an impression of Britney Spears. (laughs) Um, um, Before we end, uh, there's a few things I'm going through right now, so I thought I'd get your take on them. So obviously you're now in a relationship, but when you were single, Mm. do you remember getting into your double or king size I have hello bed for the oh, first time yes and what did you yes. do with the other side because I use it as storage really I starfish the whole bed was mine and I slept right in the middle with one pillow just one uh, yeah one in the middle yeah arms and legs open wide this is me I'm a star that's what you should do <laughs> okay I don't think I can <laughs> sleep with that much I like to curl up in a ball and just have pillows all around me oh that's nice but do it in the middle so have pillow have pillow barriers on both sides and snuggle yourself in the middle of your nest nice I Mm. think I sort of sleep diagonally oh yeah I like a bit of that yeah yeah because I'm not conventional I don't like being kept in the box of a bed no (laughs) good good for you um (laughs) and I'm also because I live in the house that I shared with my practice husband oh yeah I'm now like redecorating it and making it my own and you know I've bought I put up colorful frames that he wouldn't have liked because he liked white and black frames <laughs> yeah and stuff like that do you remember decorating that new flat and was there a moment when you thought I'm gonna buy this thing and he wouldn't have liked it but I like it um no but before that I was in our flat together for about a month after I chucked him out and my auntie who's a hippie came round with her white sage and wafted it in every doorway window and corner of the house saying bless this house rid it of sadness and it felt like the house had been cleansed then for me and we opened all the windows gave it a big old air and um that felt quite good Love a bit of saging I've done that too oh a little bit of white I've sage got a it. as well um oh there you go you all need one (laughs) and I also had a a moment recently where I did something for the first time as like newly divorced me I mowed the lawn oh lovely and I'd never done it before and it felt like a really like I am strong powerful divorced woman yes right do you remember having (laughs) do you remember having one of those yeah I changed the light bulbs I put a toilet roll holder up oh what's more manly than that (laughs) um (laughs) yeah I like doing that and I got workmen in to fix the balcony it was nice not to go not to wait or say no we haven't got the money for that or you know no I can do it myself I just nice to go right I'm getting the workman round (laughs) yeah you don't have to because my ex is very like no don't worry I'll do it like yeah put something up and then you wait for like six months and it's still not done mm. you they won't let you get anyone in because they're gonna do it <laughs> Jess thank you so much it's been brilliant to talk thanks for having me and where can people find out more about you online <gasps> they can go to jessrobinson.co.uk and even better they can listen to my podcast after they listen to this if they like it then get on to stars in your ears available on all the podcast platforms it's very silly and fun and frothy um and feel good no politics just funny lovely musical stuff thank you very much 
<laughs> thank you so much for having me. Oh, hi. Thank you for listening to The Divorce Social with me, Samantha Baines. Please leave us a review. Please, please. Um, it would be super nice. They're lovely to read. They keep me cheery and happy and keep me going. Uh, but also it affects our listing in the podcast charts, uh, which are very important because that's how more people find the podcast. And I'd love to help more people get through those really tough heartbreak and divorce times. And they're more likely to find us if we're higher up on the charts. So if you'd like to leave a review, I'd love you forever. You can leave them on iTunes is the big one or most podcast platforms do them as well. I'll take all the reviews you've got to give. You can also uh, get in contact on Twitter and Instagram at DivorcePod and at Samantha Baines. We have a website, thedivorcesocial.com and we have a Patreon account, which means that you can support the podcast for as little as £2 a month and it helps me with all the admin costs. It also means you have access to our 90 style divorce and heartbreak chat room and there's lots of exclusives on there, little bits of audio that you don't get in the main podcast and some giveaways as well. So I'd love to see you over on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Samantha Baines and please leave a review. Did I say that already? Please leave a review. Love you forever.